Hi y'all, welcome back to Living Transparent. We are back after a couple of weeks of not uh, uploading. We are finally back. Yeah, so for those of you that don't know, we went out of town and you know, we had so much fun. We got to experience and explore a lot of new things and we're just grateful that we had that opportunity. But like Melanie said, we are back and we are ready, you know, just to like keep uploading more videos. And a big refresher from the last time is that we were still reading about how we are close to the crucifixion of Jesus. And we actually ended up in where Jesus mentions that no one knows the day or the hour that of his return. And he was uh, previous to that, he was just warning the disciples of everything that was going to happen and everything that was going to take place, like I said, leading up to the crucifixion. Yeah, so we are now continuing on chapter 14, which is on on page 68. And this is a plot to kill Jesus. So on this part, they're um, eating and they're planning on how to kill Jesus. They're kind of coming up with the plan on how to um, kill him and how to like approach or like how to actually go in like. Yeah, they, they wanted action. a smart way yeah. of doing so. And also like a big refresher is that we had already seen you know, the high priest and uh, all of them like trying to find ways to accuse Jesus. You know, we would always see like, oh, well, what do you think about this? Or like, what about they always try to trap Jesus. And yeah. now they're actually to the point of where they're wanting to kill him and make a plan to kill him. Yeah. So they were like watching his every move and they're like, oh, like he's doing this now. So we can probably do this. So now um, they, in this part, they were saying how they're not going to do it during the feast. And it says, lest there be an uproar of the people. So I feel like they were kind of like afraid of what the people, how the people would react to them killing yeah. Jesus. They didn't want to make a, a huge commotion. Yeah. And then we go on to Jesus anointed at Bethany. Uh, I really like this story. You know, I had always like, we, I had read this before, but I guess I never really like, I guess, took it upon myself to grasp the uh, true importance of it. But here a woman came with an alabaster flask of ointment and she broke the flask and poured it over Jesus's head. And this woman was Mary of Bethany. And people were saying why, like the people around that uh, witnesses were, they were saying, why was the ointment wasted like that? For this ointment could have been sold for more and given to the poor so i guess breaking it down you know mary does this beautiful thing for jesus you know anointing jesus and people are questioning her motive and here you you can see that mary recognized that she had jesus right in front of her which now i'm thinking that a lot of people missed the opportunity because we had read how jesus was rejected at his uh, hometown they missed the opportunity they didn't realize that Jesus was right in front of them but here Mary realizes you know she's like no Jesus is right here advantage of her opportunity yeah and I wrote you know uh that Mary did this without a doubt she was anointing the Messiah and people looked at the oil on Jesus's head and considered it wasted that's crazy that when I was even when I was reading rereading this last night, I kind of broke down because I was like, people 
to consider like something towards the act of like doing something for Jesus and considering it wasted like let's like what you know and uh moving on Jesus uh he tells the people that had said oh this is wasted why would you do that Jesus said she has done a beautiful thing to me but you will not always have me and truly I say to you wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world what she has done will be told in memory of her so Jesus was telling the people around them you know no like what she did is something beautiful and this is the first time that we read about something like this you know it hadn't been done before until Mary does this for Jesus and I also wrote Mary seemed to have a better understanding than the disciples because I was thinking like, you know, well, why didn't any of the disciples like, you know, do such a beautiful thing for Jesus before? Mm -hmm. and, and Mary, she just like did it. You know, she recognized who she had in front of her and she in a way she used the resources that she had. You know, she had that um, alabaster uh, flask full of ointment and she used that. Yeah. Um, and in a way, when the disciples were like, why are you wasting the ointment like that? I feel like in a way they were a little um, jealous as to like how she was doing it with such like out of her heart with so much love. I feel like they were kind of jealous as in like, well, we love him too, but we we're not doing that like you are, you know? Yeah. They were kind of like comparing themselves to what she was doing. And they were like, I feel like they were jealous that she was um, demonstrating her her love more passionately than they yeah. are. Yeah, and I also wrote that Mary intended this as a gift in preparation for the burial of Jesus. You know, this was a preparation still leading up to the crucifixion, you know. <laughs> That's crazy. And we move on to the next part, the infamous story of Judas, where Judas betrays Jesus. So here Judas um, went to the chief priest to betray Jesus. Um, and when they heard it, they were like, obviously so glad they were so happy. Like, yeah, they were, it was like, oh, they were looking for a plan and here Judas comes and he's like, oh, you know, he's a hero of their story. Yeah. Um, and so he looked for the opportunity to betray Jesus, um, in order for him to get some money, some extra cash. Yeah. So here, uh, Judas was willing to make money off of Jesus's life. That's, that's like, that's crazy. And the, it's so crazy that Judas went, he didn't like, no one told him to go and betray Jesus. He chose, he came up with the idea himself. He willingly chose yeah. to do that. It was his motive and no one else, no one else's. And um, I was reading um, a commentary that said, God used a willing Satan who used a willing Judas. And uh, God did not prompt Judas to sin. No one prompt Judas to do this but yeah it was his own desire of money actually because yeah. uh -huh. he was like you know what if I do this I'm gonna get money he went back to his old self before he was his old habit and that's crazy how he I can't I was telling Ashley right now how like every time I think about the story of Judas it amazes me how like how Judas how Judas had the heart to betray Jesus but yet again she was saying how well everyone could have been Jesus everyone could have been Judas yeah but it, like I'm still like, kind of like, like, dang, like, that was Jesus you betrayed? Like, that's crazy. Like, for money? Yeah, and it's crazy that there was also a disciple willing to betray Jesus. A disciple, you know, like, we, we read that, like, and we know that there's 12 disciples. One of the 12 
one of like the most intimate group of Jesus. He sat next to Jesus. Yeah. And like he, but that one of them, Judas, was the one that betrayed Jesus. And that's like, that's just and like they, Jesus had told them, like, one of you is going to betray me. Like, yeah. Of course not. Yeah. This is actually like where we're going into the next story, which is the Passover with the disciples. So they were preparing. They were going to prepare to eat the Passover. And uh, this was kind of in a way a final important talk to the disciples from Jesus. You know, one of the last, um, I guess, scenarios that we see all of the disciples together before the crucifixion. And here, Jesus, what Melanie just said, he says to the disciples, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. And I kind of like, um, I was reading this book a while back ago that was like, don't let the enemy sit at your table and talking about how Jesus prepares a table for us. Mm-hmm. And here, like reading about like saying where Jesus said, one of you who is eating with me, like. Judas was at the table because Jesus invited him, but then Judas is the one that betrays him. Does you know? And then um, Jesus continues saying, "It is one of the twelve, one who was dipping bread into the dish with me." And for the Son of Man goes as it is written of him. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. That all of that. And so, like, impactful and so, like, oh, my goodness, you know? And here, as Jesus is talking to the disciples, he mentions that one will betray him, you know? And I imagine all the disciples, like, looking like, who? Like, oh, my goodness, like, yeah. And Judas, knowing that it's him, I, like, I'm, like, I wish I could, like, see that, you know? Like, like whenever, like, I, I kind of imagine it, like, whenever you're, like, stuck in a lie, you're, like, um, um, you know, and I, I just like imagine like Judas, like, like his, the base of Judas, like hearing Jesus say this, I, I bet he was probably like, he was like, anyways, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, here I also wrote that there was like a, this was like a choice and there was a choice for like Judas to repent, you know, because like, I feel like Jesus saying all of this in that moment, Judas could have probably been like, you know what? It's me. It's me. I'm so sorry. You know, I love this is what we had planned. This is what's going to happen. But he didn't, you know, he just sat there listening to all of that. And uh, I also wrote that Jesus was identifying the betrayer as a friend, someone that was sitting with him, someone that was eating with him, someone that was in the most intimate of his circle, someone that had gone through so much with Jesus, you know, had seen all the miracles, all the blessings, yet he was a betrayer. That's crazy. And that's, uh, I wrote here how Jesus loved Judas so much that he decided to give him a second chance and he just, he threw it, he threw it away. He was like, no, he, I, I bet he was like, I don't know, sometimes I think, you know, be like, he probably was like so terrified of like, maybe he did it already and he was, he probably thought like there's no going back now, but either way, I would have been like, "Well, <laughs> Jesus, yeah." But I don't know. That's crazy. It's like a tough, I guess, situation. Yeah, that he put himself in there. You know, he put himself into that situation. He chose to be in that situation. Yeah. Yep, he did. That's crazy. So then we move on to the next part, which is the institution of the Lord's Supper. And here, um, 
period where he takes the bread, he takes, um, where he tells him that this is my body and he took the cup and he gives it to him and he says, this is my blood, the covenant which is poured out for many. Truly I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it from the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so here, um, I was saying actually how the focus was no longer on the suffering of Israel in Egypt, which is the Old Testament. And we are now in the New Testament uh, where it is now where the focus is now the sin bearing suffering of Jesus on our behalf. Yeah. And also like the bread and the cup had a symbolic meaning mm-hmm. of Jesus, just like you mentioned right now. Yeah. Um, and it says take. He, it's not saying like here you need to take it. Like it's, he's not forcing them to take it. It means that um, it won't be forced upon us. Yeah. But we have to receive it. You know, it's up to us to take it and take the cup, you know, and yeah. drink from the cup and eat from the bread. Yeah. So he's not forcing anything on us, just like he wasn't forcing anything upon the disciples. Yeah, that's very true. We don't have, we don't serve a forceful God. You know, we sit, like we've said, you like, uh, you, you have to accept Jesus. And in that way, it's like what you were saying, basically. And we move on to Jesus foretells Peter's denial. So we read about Peter, you know, we said that Peter was always the one, like, he was so, like, prone to speaking. You know, he would always speak. He was always, like, I guess you could assume that he was, like, the bold disciple because of what we read. And here, uh, Jesus is talking to Peter, and he said, but after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. And Peter said to Jesus, even though they all fall away, I will not. You know, right there, he made a really big promise. And Jesus said to Peter, truly, I tell you that this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. Peter was so confident that he wasn't going to deny Jesus. You know, he was like, no, I'm going to stand. You know, all this is going to happen. Everything you've been talking about. But I'm going to be right there by your side. I'm going to be so faithful to you. You know, that's what Peter was basically saying. And Jesus was like, no, I know exactly what's going to happen. I know that it's going to be hard, you know. Mm-hmm. And Peter continues saying, if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same thing. But what I wrote here and what I was also like a pondering last night was that they couldn't see the spiritual reality and battles that was going to happen with everything that Jesus was going to go through. You know, because like sometimes, and I was telling Melanie, sometimes it's like when we're going through, when we're like all fine, you know, like life is going good, you're good, um, God has been faithful, and you you just like, things are going your way, and you're like, oh, God, I'm going to serve you this way, I'm going to keep going to church, I'm going to keep reading my Bible and this, and then you make those huge promises, just like Peter was making this huge promise, and then something happens, something goes wrong along the way, and you break that promise that you like made and I just kind of like tied it up with that because you don't see the spiritual reality in battles but Jesus he knew everything that was going to happen he knew the effect that it would have on the disciples so he was telling Peter like no like you know unfortunately you're going to deny me Jesus knew Peter better than Peter knew himself yes that's very true and he knows all of us better than ourselves and this part is a very important part of the story which is when Jesus prays in Gethsemane um and here he's praying and here I feel like in this moment uh Jesus needed all the support that he could possibly have I feel like he was in agony knowing that he was gonna die you know the way I was 
what's like, gonna happen knowing what's coming i mean like that's like imagine knowing when you're gonna die yeah that times 10 because he was gonna die in a very gruesome way yeah he was so like so, yeah i feel like he was very he was in very a lot of aggie desperation that to, like, i don't know he probably like um like when you're when you have something really important the next day and you can't see <laughs> that but like in a really 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 bad way yeah so he told his disciples sit here while i pray and he took peter james and john um and he he had told them how he was going to pray and everything so he said my soul is very sorrowful even to death remain here and watch so he had told him that he was going through some hard times he was like you know like i'm not feeling so well right now like i'm gonna die you know and then even even um after he knew that he was gonna uh come back after the third day he knew that he knew the whole plan but yet he was still afraid because he he was human you know yeah he was in a human form obviously like you know he was going to like feel all of his emotions so then he started praying and everything um and he had told uh god he was like abba father all the things are possible to you for you so he was like i know everything there's nothing impossible for you and he said remove this cup from me yet not what i will but what you will so he was saying like if you're like i'd rather not you know but if you want to like i'm yeah. gonna do it he's he's he wasn't like saying like i'm not gonna do it i don't want to do it he said i'd rather not do it but if you want me to do it then i will do yeah it. and you know i had never really caught the concept of this like until it was one day we were in bible study and we were reading this and i and someone questioned like what does it mean like remove this cup from me mm-hmm. and it was like it, like what you just said like he jesus in a human form you know knowing what he's gonna go through he was perfect he didn't sin but he was going to die for the sin of others you know he was like i feel so much pain and when i read when actually like um this last like this past easter i was like I was like crying and I was like oh my goodness like you know like knowing that Jesus prayed this prayer it's it's very impactful you know and very emotional too it makes you realize how like how deep his love is and also like the 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 amount of pain that sin causes I was saying actually how well we were talking about about it like a couple of weeks back how I had never experienced an Easter like this last Easter where I was truly conscious of what had happened and what Jesus had to go through and everything else. Like his emotions. Yeah. And like when, once you realize all of that, like, you know, the like emotions of Jesus, what the prayers that Jesus would pray. Yeah. And like, and then like seeing, cause there was like a little, um, they did a little like play. Yeah. Trojan. I was, I was like, oh my goodness. Like, yeah. It made me feel, I was so conscious about everything that I, I was like, dang, I take this for granted. And like, I knew the story. I knew that he had died and he had resurrected, but I had never, well, I knew, but I hadn't really um, gone into it like, like that, that deep. Uh, like, yeah. When I was reading this again, I was like, no way. Like he, he, he was like, I don't, he was like, I don't want to do it. Yeah. He said, if you want me to do it, if it's necessary for me to do it, then I will do it. Yeah. Jesus wanted the cup to be taken away, but instead he was strengthened to take the cup. Yeah, that's that's so powerful. And also, like, uh, I think we had mentioned this a while back, where not what I will, but what you will. This is such a powerful prayer, yeah. you know, because it's like, 
acknowledging that, you know, it's not what I want, but it's what God has planned for my life and it's what God wants me to do. And the faith behind that prayer, knowing that, oh, yeah, do whatever you want to do with me. Like, like I'm giving you full control of this. Like, yeah, whatever happens will happen, but like, I'm trusting you. Like, all the faith that must have been behind that prayer that's that's like yeah to pray this prayer it's it's a like we mentioned one time it's a dangerous prayer because it's like you know like complete surrendering complete control Mm -hmm. and to see that you know jesus prayed this prayer too before moments before his arrest and betrayal like that's it it's like a a spot that makes you yeah very emotional (laughs) (laughs) so then um he goes on and says simon are you asleep and the, this part is like, he called him Simon and not Peter. Yeah. And I was, I was like, why Simon? And then I was um, reading and it was because Simon, the old Simon was asleep. Yeah. And the new Peter was always ready to be yeah. attacked. Which Peter's name used to be oh, Simon. Yeah. But once Jesus, like he was part of the disciples, Jesus changed his name from Simon to Peter. And because I, I completely missed this part until Melanie was telling me that. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so true. Because Jesus um, called him Simon as his old self. And imagine being or, called, imagine, imagine being Peter and then just calling you Simon. Like, I feel like that's a wake up call. Like, like, oh, like, I must be doing something like wrong. Uh-huh. So then he, Jesus goes on to say, could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Yeah. And here he's like, not only, I feel like not only is he talking to Peter in this situation, but also in like what's going to happen of Peter betraying him. He's like telling him like, you know, like don't fall into temptation because it's so true that the flesh is weak. You know, it it is weak. Yeah. So uh, I feel like Jesus here was being like um, direct. He was like, I need you to do this because it's for your own good, you know? Yeah. And I feel like Jesus, well, Jesus knew that um, Peter was going to fail. So he kept encouraging him to like, come on, like, like come on, pray. And pray or like, we got this. And yet again, he didn't, he didn't, he went back to sleep. So he went, uh, Jesus went away and prayed. And yet again, when he came back, they were still sleeping for the third time. And he said, are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough. He said, it is enough. He was like, yeah. he was tired. And he said, the hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rice, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Yeah. And, you know, I just thought about it too, how it said, are you still sleeping? And we had read before leaving that it said, do not be caught sleeping because you'll never know, you know. And here, like, we see that. And I was also telling Millie, like, reading all of this story, it's like when you're in, like we said, like in a desperation, in a need, and you tell a friend, you're like, oh, can you pray for me? Mm-hmm. And then that friend's just like, oh, yeah, don't worry. You're my prayers. I got you. You know, I'll be praying for you. And then they you never pray. pray for that friend. But like here, Jesus needed that in a way for James, John, and Peter to also be praying, you know, because this was a huge event. It just wasn't anything like, oh, you know, something casual. No, it was something like, a dramatic and like something huge and it's like relating it back to us like when you're going through something dramatic something huge it's always best to have 
people surrounded uh, surrounding you with praise mm-hmm. that's so true and i feel like um jesus was he was first of all he was in agony right so he was like oh i need support and then for the disciples to not support him in the way that he needed i feel like jesus was so frustrated and i feel like I feel like he might have even been a little mad as to like, like, come on, like, I've done all of this for you and you can't even, like, stay away from me and pray with me. I feel like I would have been, like, more mad than Jesus was because I would have been, like, yelling at them. (laughs) Uh, So then we move on to the part where uh, it gets to the point where they arrest Jesus. And he was still speaking. Jesus was still speaking when Jesus came. One of the two, like Ashley said, and... You guys, this is crazy because he kissed Jesus on the cheek. Yeah, because that was a sign. Yeah, that was a sign. He, he told Jesus, yeah, yeah. the one I kiss is the, the one, one you have to arrest. And I was telling Ashley, I was like, how is he so hypocrite that he kissed Jesus on the cheek? And not only that, but he said, Rabbi. I was like, like oh my gosh, like, you've got to be kidding me. I was like, this is crazy. Like, no way. Such a hypocrite, I bro. <laughs> And um, once they saw that he kissed them, they seized him and they laid hands on him. And um, Jesus said to them, have you come out against the robber with swords and clubs to capture me? Day after day, I was with you in the temple teaching and you did not seize me, but let the scriptures be fulfilled. Yeah. I feel like Jesus there was being um, very calm. You know, she was like, well, you got me. Okay. Yeah, I that last part. But let the scriptures be fulfilled. Jesus went along in order for the scriptures to be fulfilled. You know, he could have easily like done something. He could have destroyed the small army that they had. Yeah, but like I told Millie, that wasn't you know God's purpose or God's plan. You know, and the scriptures were fulfilled because Jesus was obedient and because Jesus was strengthened to take the cup. And now we go to the next part, which is Jesus before the council. So here he was led to the high priest, you know, and very important part, Peter had followed him at a distance. And uh, the chief priest and the whole council, they were trying to seek something uh, against Jesus in order to put him to death. And they were just trying to find something to accuse uh, Jesus, you know, and they kept like, oh, well, this, no, well, this. And jesus at all this time he remained silent and made no answer we like Molly said we see here the the character of jesus which is very patient calm and just like like in a way like helping and uh, like scriptures be fulfilled mm-hmm. because that's what needed to happen and uh, a high priest asked him are you the christ the son of the blessed and jesus said i am and you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. That's all Jesus said all along, all this time. That's all he said, starting with the famous I am. And the high priest tore his garments and said, what further witnesses do we need? This is blasphemy. You know, he is saying that he is I am. He is saying that he is a Christ for something that he truly is. You know, he is, you know, the Messiah. And right after that, right after he's just saying, I am, he was accused and they started to beat him up. And like, just all of that, you know, like, and they even said, you know, he is deserving of death. 
for something, you know, like what was like the accusation, what was wrong? Nothing. It's just that they like, you know, they had, sorry. Yeah. That's crazy. And they just had a huge desire of killing him. <laughs> so then we move on to the next part, which is Peter denies Jesus. And starting off, like Ashley said, I feel like Peter's first mistake was following Jesus at a distance. Yeah. And uh, I feel like Peter, in a way, he wanted to be, he wanted to seem like part of the crowd and not a follower of Jesus. Yeah, he was like one leg in and one leg out. Like, oh, no, okay, I want to see, but oh, no. no. Like, like, I want to be close enough to hear, but not close enough to be part of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and a girl from the high priest came and saw Peter. And she was like, you are you were also with the Nazarene Jesus, no? And then he was like, no, no, not me. That's a different Peter. That's not me. You're confusing me. And no, and he went on to say, I neither know nor understand what you mean. So he was like, I don't know. He basically there he was like saying, I don't know who Jesus is. Who is he? I've never heard of him. Yeah. And he went out to the gateway and the rooster crowed. And yet again, the girl saw him, and he denied it again. She was like, this man is one of them. And she was like, no, I told you I'm not going to make it. Just leave it alone. And she denied it again. And after a little while, the bystanders again said to Peter, certainly you are one of them. And he was, he kept saying like, I'm not like, what do you guys mean? And he said, I do not know this man of whom you speak. So he flat out was like, no, I don't know who Jesus is. So it's don't not ask me. me about it. Okay. You're confusing me. And immediately the rooster crowed a second time. And that's when Jesus, uh, when Peter was like, dang, like he remembered what yeah, Jesus Jesus, he was like, I just remember what he said. And he said, before the rooster crows twice, he will deny me three times. And he realized what he just did and he broke down and wept. Yeah. And fear caused Peter to sin, mm-hmm. you know, like the fear of what was going to happen to him because like he knew he was seeing, you know, that they we're beating Jesus up and he's like, oh my gosh, what did they do that to me if I say that I was following Jesus, you know? So fear caused him to say no. Fear caused him to deny Jesus. And I guess the question that I asked myself was like, what has fear caused me to do or not do? Exactly. You know, because yeah. it's it goes both ways and fear can be very dangerous in a way sometimes, you know? Because like here we saw how fear like caused peter just to do all of this so that was it for today we just went over chapter 14 because there's so much to unravel and just so much to speak about but we will continue on with the crucifixion of jesus and just going more into what they do and just like like everything that goes on and uh also we are now kind of going to change it up a little bit we're going to be releasing an episode every other week just so we can just uh fully prepare better and just come up with better you know series and just like just start you know more more efficient and yeah but we're so glad that we're back and we're so yeah we missed you guys uh but thank you so much for listening and watching we truly appreciate each and every one of you god bless you